0: It's yeah,
1: the robot to kick to me, radio, da-da-da-da-da-da. Don't worry, to kick to me, radio,
2: da-da-da-da-da-da-da.
1: Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Tonight, I've got Brett Lada on, talking about a brand new movie that he's uh, written, directed, and starred in, called The Andy Baker Tape. Later on, we'll be talking with Cameron Copperwaith about his new series and projects as well. All that and more, stand by. We're
0: talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Star Trek and Star Wars will try to explain There are will doctors For Hogwarts houses ring rolls and more To be the greatest Pokemon master
1: You must catch a If you're driving around tonight listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to you. Thank you for tuning in to your AM station. If you're watching this on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, wherever you might be watching, hello to you, and thanks very much for tuning in. And, of course, if you're hearing us, after the fact, in the podcast form, hello to you and thank you for subscribing. Hopefully, you've already left us a five star favorable review on whatever platform you're hearing this on. That always helps us out in search engine optimization. It's a free and easy way for you to support the show and both myself. And all my sponsors greatly appreciate that extra help. Uh, we're coming back with geek trivia. Kokomo Toys in Kokomo Indiana sent me a ginormous box of stuff to give away. So we're doing geek trivia again. So the KTRS text lines, just to remind you, 84126. You can text us uh, from your mobile device. Let us know the answer to this question. I'm giving away a Funko Pop Dorbs Riddler figure, since we're starting out with trivia. Riddler is appropriate. Um, My question for this contest is, what actor voiced Riddler in Batman, the animated series? If you can text me that actor's name at 84126, first person I see on the KTRS text line, we will uh, call you back at the end of the show and we will get your address and we will send you that original Funko Pop Dorb's Riddler figure if you can answer what voice actor gave voice to Edward Nigma the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series. We'll be watching the text lines throughout the night, so go ahead and text it in when you get the chance. We have two great guests on. We're going to jump right to my first guest. You might know him from some of his TV portrayals, Shameless, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I loved that series, American Horror Story, and uh, several others. And now I just realized I'm looking at the uh, wrong sheet. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Live radio. You got to love it. I apologize, uh, Brett. I was looking at Cameron Sheet, but uh, Brett Lada has also been in person of interest. The Good Wife, Hostages, uh, a lot of TV appearances, and a lot of projects you've done. And we're talking about the Andy Baker tape. Thanks for your time tonight, by the way.
0: Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And can I also send in an answer to that question? Because I think I have it.
1: If you, you know what? If you know, If you text it, there's no law that says the guest can't win. So uh, uh, I, will be I haven't texting
0: got... in all right but I might donate my prize
1: if I do <laughs> good, good enough good enough and just uh, another clue we've had this actor on the show uh, before and Batman celebrating its 30th anniversary of Batman the animated series next month we're going to have him back on again in september so stay tuned for that um but yeah i appreciate the time it's uh, I, I look in the background it looks like you're in a hotel are you on the road are you traveling right now
0: i, I am right now i'm actually in lake tahoe and i have this setup where i'm looking at the lake right behind me uh, so it's it's, kind of, it's a great experience
1: you've got a much better view than my executive producer joey v he's looking right at me across the board so you've well, been at a
0: wedding and every single person here caught the flu it's not covid we all got tested so i am part of that i'm quarantining myself but we're all part of this, this flu bug that's been going around the wedding.
1: The wedding already happened, though, hopefully.
0: The wedding was last night. Okay, and, good, uh, good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They ruined the weekend of the wedding. My goodness. And it's nice to know the flu is making a comeback. I keep hearing about COVID, but it's nice to know the flu is still with us. That's yeah, really let's here. bring back the classics, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, so you, this, uh, this project, the Andy Baker the, the Andy Baker tape, you wrote it? You directed, you starred in it. Obviously, that takes a lot of work because it's, it's enough just to do one on a project. You did all three. Yeah. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the genesis for the idea. Where did the idea for this project come from?
0: Sure. It's a, it's a great question. I, uh, you know, I mostly worked as an actor leading up to the pandemic. Right before the lockdown happened, I, won, I was part of a short film that won the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short Film. Right afterwards, I got a grand through SAG. I put it towards a camera, and I started producing some short films. I wanted to learn how to shoot. I shot one that was terrible. I shot one that got a little bit better. And then Dustin, who I wrote the Andy Baker tape with, who also plays Andy Baker in the film, called me up and goes, why don't we just write something and take a road trip? We'll shoot this on the road. Originally, it was going to be this mockumentary project of us going to you know the heart of America and this kind of deep heart of darkness story. But we changed our mind, and we made it about a food blogger traveling around New Jersey. And it was just kind of a love letter to our, our childhood area during the pandemic and during the lockdown. Sure.
1: And this, uh, this I got to say, too, for this particular film, you won Best Actor, a 2021 Popcorn International Film Festival. You won Best Director for this at the Crimson Screen Horror Film Festival. Obviously, it sounds like when you're doing a project, especially like this, you're doing it because you love the art. You, you uh, obviously yeah. invest in this. The accolades got to make you feel good, though, at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> it, it does. And to be honest, we didn't even know if we were going to play a single film
1: festival. When oh, I really? got
0: done with the cut, the, the, the entire project start to finish took us six months. We we started the script at the end of July, finished January 13th. I remember because my birthday is January 14th. I was with my producer, Caitlin Bork, and I said, if we just get into one film festival and someone gets it, how rewarding would that be? We ended up playing 26 festivals last wow. year. Ultimately, we won 26 awards. It was... So unexpected and we're so grateful for all the recognition we got for this film and I think that just shows that when you push yourself into something you love and you have fun doing it, you you know that transcribes and, and that's what people see so we just had a lot of fun doing this and I think that's what shows up on screen.
1: And for people who might be wondering, so this you, you said you know you're driving across New Jersey, you're getting all this stuff. If I'm not mistaken, when I read the synopsis, this sounds a little bit like a found footage type of. Oh, it is, and
0: we we had to do it found footage. Number one, because Dustin and I, at the top of the pandemic, were two unemployed actors. We didn't have a budget to shoot a true narrative feature film. We had ourselves a camera and a shotgun mic, and we took that on the road. The entire thing is found footage, but that also really fits the story we were telling. We're telling the story of this millennial influencer he's a youtube influencer constantly the camera's running so number one we got to save on budget by doing it that way and number two it just fit the genre of what we were trying to get across
1: so did, did anything particularly inspire like i don't want to say inspire but did, as, as you were making this did did your perception of what it was going to be end up evolving and changing or did, did the yeah. final project end up being exactly what you thought it was when you started
0: no. Thing, I think always, you know, when you're dealing with any kind of artistic endeavor, you have to adapt and you have to be open to the possibilities that could potentially unfold themselves. And we had so many happy accidents during this project mm-hmm. that we just had to follow through. Now, this is scripted. We, we didn't do this like an improv project. We knew our story from A to Z, where we were going. But a lot of it, we adapted to our surroundings. When we would travel to these locations, we would find some of the locations last minute, adapt our blocking to that scene and shoot there we would um, have happy accidents where we would have people interrupt our scenes and scream, are you guys from YouTube? Are you guys from YouTube? And then at first I was kind of like, oh, but then I realized that's a gem. You know, I have to follow through with this. And just having that spontaneity and being open to all this outside stimulus really fueled the project and,
1: and, and put it over the top for us. Now, did they have to be hand out a lot of NDAs to people? Like, hey, okay, now we're going to include you. you We probably (laughs)
0: should have, but we did this whole thing guerrilla style. And what actually what served us during the pandemic was all the restaurants that we shot at, since it's about a food blogger, you couldn't get inside. Mm. So when we're, we're shooting in the parking lot outside of the restaurants, number one, it's true to that time. Number two, we're not showing brand names and we're not showing people's faces inside these restaurants. We were able to get away. There was one restaurant, this bagel shop in in Bayville, New Jersey, called Oh, What a Bagel. Michelle's (laughs) the owner. She was so inviting. She was just so great to us. And she's like, yeah, guys, shoot here. Do whatever you want to do. So we had some people that were really championing the project and saw that we were having fun doing so. We did have a lot of police show up to sets. People thought that we were actually really fighting. They thought that we were going through the actions that these characters are going through. And then we told them, we said, no, we're really kind of making a New Jersey Blair Witch Project. And then all the police officers were like, this is great. We're going to call everyone and let them know that there's no problem here. And we got a lot of support.
1: So did any of them want to be in the movie? You get some police officers kind of joining in. And, you know, uh... I
0: have some footage of them, but the only, the only police officer we have is a voiceover in the end. But, uh, you know, m- maybe if there's a sequel, we'll throw them back in.
1: So uh, you, you grew up in the New Jersey area then, I guess it sounds like? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm a Tri-State guy. I grew up at a small beach town in New Jersey called Point Pleasant Beach. And so did Dustin, who I shot with. He's from Freehold Township. We both went to Montclair State University, which is a drama school. I mean, we went to drama school there, which is in North Jersey. And then I lived in New York the past 10 years. And now I finally came out to Los Angeles at the top of 2022.
1: When you're doing this, uh, did you have then all the locations you wanted on your list? We're hitting this one, this one, this one, or did, were you driving? You come across places and I'm like, man, this place is great. Let's stop here and do some stuff.
0: We knew a lot of places we wanted to go, and I think New Jersey is kind of a mecca for diners and roadside food and good food stops. Some of the places we couldn't use because they play outdoor music constantly, and we couldn't get the copyright. We couldn't mm. get some of the the permission to use the song, so we had to adapt. There was, a, there was this amazing burger place I wanted to use, which is in Tom's River, New Jersey, called Burger 25. It's this great outdoor spot. They have my favorite burgers in New Jersey, I mm. think. And we just couldn't shoot there because they have outdoor music blasting. Mm. I was able to adapt it to a different location. And some of the places we found truly the spur of the moment. You know, We had a bucket list of about 10 places we wanted to shoot at. One was this – another spot I really liked is in North Jersey called Ruts Hut. And it's this world famous hot dog stand, and they do deep fried hot dogs. Oh wow! It's it's right down the road from where I went to college. It's uh, old North Jersey classic, but we just didn't make it to some of those. So you know, but I'm, I'm happy with what we did, and I'm happy with what we got. It
1: sounds like a uh, it sounds like a Midwest place. If it's deep fried, it's usually somewhere around here. We usually yeah. <laughs> well,
0: where, where are you from? Where, where we're I'm
1: in St. Louis from? right now. Oh, St. Louis. So yeah, we're the, sorry, we're the home of the toaster ravioli, which is you know toaster ravioli that are deep fried. Um, Deep fried cheesecake at state fairs, things like that. Deep wow. fried Twinkies. Wow. So yeah. a lot of deep fried stuff.
0: <laughs> I did. I you know it was my first trip to the Midwest this summer. I did a lot of touring around the Midwest. I didn't make it to Missouri, but I was in Wisconsin, Indianapolis, all these, you know, and, and it's, it was just neat to try all the different foods. And, you know, I feel like that some regionalisms for food is it's so territorial and specific. You know, people eat this year and they're so right. proud of it. You know, with the East Coast, I don't think it's as regional as far as food, but it, it's just kind of like a hodgepodge.
1: Hey, are are you a foodie personally, or was that just something for the movie? Or
0: no, I am. I'm addicted to food, and honestly, this. I mean, I used to be a competitive swimmer, and truly, my caloric intake a day was twenty thousand calories. <laughs> I could eat whatever I wanted and not put on weight. I stopped swimming. I was on that same diet. I truly put on thirty five pounds in a month. So I learned the hard way. I can't be doing, <laughs> it. but I I do. I I love exotic food. I love traveling. I love just to eat different things and see what I can find. And I wanted to use that because, number one, it's just uh, a fun aspect for me to, you know, do f- food about a film about a food blogger because right. I'm addicted to food. But number two, we have not seen this yet. This is an untapped element in in found footage films or any kind of films. We're not talking about food bloggers. So it just seemed like the perfect way to kind of have our, our starting ground for the film.
1: You mentioned the Blair Witch Project, obviously, probably really kicking off the found film genre. Uh, more than well, other you know, I, it's I watched so many,
0: and yes, the Blair Witch Project when that came out, like that was not the first major one. There was something that came out. Hmm. There was one film that came out called Cannibal Holocaust. I think it was 1971. Oh wow, that that was one of like the first major found footage films, and they actually were going after the director because they thought that he killed the actors in this movie.
1: Oh wow, they did
0: not realize that this was not, uh, you know, a mockumentary, quote unquote. But I did watch so many good found footage films. I wanted to see, you know, since I'm wouldn't call myself, you know, a found footage buff, but I wanted to see what worked and I wanted to see what didn't work. And I got to watch, you know, just just to see how creative people could be on kind of a minuscule budget. And I think that's what found footage allows you, is to really dial in your creativity based around limitations.
1: Were there any other ones that really stood out and impressed you? Obviously, like I said, Blair Witch is the first one I think yeah. of anyway. Or were there any other ones that you watched, like this was – like a, a Yeah, I really movie.
0: gravitated to a film called Willow Creek. I thought that was great. It's Bobcat Goldwaite and it's hmm. a Bigfoot hmm. film. And there's a fifteen minute scene at the end of the film where there's no dialogue whatsoever. And it's just a single take shot. And I remember watching this and I thought I was gonna jump out of my chair. It's the most suspenseful film scene I think I've ever seen. Huh. I really like that. Um I, I you know, we we have been getting, a, in post-production, a lot of comparisons to this film, Creep. And I didn't actually watch Creep. I didn't know about it until about halfway through the script. And then I was watching some films. We came across Creep. And I realized, well, there, I mean, there definitely are some similarities in the story. Those guys, it's also a two-hander and it's two people. So I, I watched what they did. I saw what worked in that film. And where you trying, you know, we don't want to steal anything. But if right. we're going to borrow some good ideas, I'm going to borrow from the best. And those guys are the best at what they did. So... <laughs> You know, it's it's just like Christopher Nolan borrowing, you know, the the ideas for shots from someone. You pay a love letter to the people that you admire.
1: And with this one, this now, if I'm not mistaken, I look this one's not out yet, right? It's due out on Amazon. No, we actually
0: had our first premiere on Friday. Okay, we so we are available on uh, on uh, through the Terror Films YouTube channel. Next week, we become available on most other streaming platforms, where it's also, you know, where you can download the film and buy it or rent it. But right now, it's playing through the Terror Films YouTube channel. And then August 19th, we become available through Kings of Horror, which is also another, you know, great horror channel people can watch the movie from.
1: What, what do you, well, actually, you know what, you do mind, you mind sticking with me through a quick commercial break? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, if we were listening right now, we're talking with Brett Ladd about his project, The Andy Baker Tape. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back and talk with him a little bit more about film, about his other roles and more, you're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hi, this is me, Love, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back geek me Radio heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550 KTRS. We also do the video live so you can watch us on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. If Make sure you give us a like or a subscription button. Press... On those sites, that uh, would be something we'd all greatly appreciate as well. Want to make sure we tell you about our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. You can find the location of the Marcus Theaters or Movie Tavern closest to you. A lot of good movies out. Uh, Bullet Train, number one at the box office this weekend. That's a fun film to get out and see. Maybe you've not yet had the chance to see Thor Ragnarok. uh, Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, If you want to get out and see a movie, Do it at Marcus Theaters. If you use the app, you can go to your smartphone or device. I've got the app on mine. So if you're out and about, uh, we just went to Collinsville, Illinois last night, uh, doing some uh, business over there. And if you pull up the Marcus Theaters app on your phone, it'll tell you based on your location where the closest movie is. So maybe you're on vacation, you want to go see a flick, download the Marcus Theaters app. It'll tell you where to go. And right now, if you're looking to celebrate something, maybe it's a, a birthday or a special occasion. A private cinema can be rented at any Marcus Theatres or Movie Tavern for just $149. You pick the movie. You and 20 of your friends, you go see a movie, hang out. Uh, you can add popcorn and drinks for an additional cost and things like that. But it, there's never a bad time to go see a movie. And the best way to do it is in the best possible surroundings. Marcustheaters.com for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. We're chatting here for just a little bit longer with Brett Latta all about the Andy Baker tape. Um, we were talking a little bit before we went to break about the horror genre, it, it seems like it's a, a genre that people always tend to gravitate towards. It's just, there's yeah. uh people like to be scared. Um, what do you personally think it is about the horror genre that excites people?
0: I, I think that's one of the reasons why we also go to, am, am I coming through? Yeah. I, I, I see myself. I, I, I see myself frozen in the stream. I was just checking. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I think that's why we go to movie theaters to be in a black space and have our, thrills and, and get excited, get worked up and get scared and be delighted and horrified in that. And horror is the, the easiest genre to go on that roller coaster of fun with. You know, I mean, we we get the same kind of emotional response to dramas and, and comedies, but horror has something where it just taps into you immediately and it hits you in your core, unlike anything else.
1: What uh, what would you say is the your if you had to pick one favorite horror movie You were like, it's your go to, it's your touchdown. What would that be for you?
0: You know, it's such a tough question because I watch so many. I just did another podcast recently where I talked about 28 Weeks Later, the sequel to 28 Days Later. And I truly had this when I saw that film for the first time, it scared the heck out of me. Mm. It was such a scary film. And it were, there was, I remember there was a certain point where I was like, I can't watch anymore on this screen because it's just too much for me to take (laughs) in. So, you know, I, I think that's great. I always loved, you know, the classic Alien films. You know, mm. the first Alien is such a good movie, and, and I'm hesitant to even call that a horror. I mean, it's a sci-fi right. horror, but it, it just has such a visceral reality to it that you can't help but get sucked into a film like that.
1: Yeah, we were just talking to somebody about uh, Event Horizon, which I think is 25 years old this yeah. month. But that's a, I no, right, it's not a horror that, movie. That, that's it's a sci-fi movie, years. but it's in that same vein you were just mentioning.
0: Yeah, I mean, Event Horizon is another one that's horrifying. You know, when, when she pops up in that tunnel and her eyes are taken out, I, mean, I remember that it's just the visuals in horror films that stick with you. And For me, it's always the eyes that scare you the most mm. in horror films.
1: Yeah, yeah, The, the Grudge is another one that I always think. And again, for me, Zhuan, the Japanese film on which yes, The Grudge yes, is based, yes. is terrifying, much more so than the American version.
0: So when I saw The Grudge, I get sleep paralysis. And I, and I remember I saw it with my buddy Trevor— I was at his house. I was sleeping. I woke up. I had sleep paralysis on the ground. And I, and I swear to this day, there was a severed hand crawling next to my face. Oh. And I'm watching this. So obviously when you have sleep paralysis, you don't know if it's a dream or if your brain's putting this. I just remember seeing a severed hand walking past my face the night I saw The Grudge. That's the second weirdest experience I had after a horror film. I went to go see Paranormal Activity when I was in college. Mm. I lived in a studio by myself. I saw it with my friend Cody Mildy and Monica Band. I get back to my room. My lights are off. I'm sleeping. I wake up. My TV starts sparking in front of me, just these gold sparks. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night.
1: Oh, my gosh. Whew. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, it, like you said, it's that visceral. You don't know. I've had sleep paralysis myself. And it's yeah. like exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm not sure if this is real. This is really happening. Yeah. Or is your mind in an altered state and you're actually able to pick up something that's going on around you? That, that's not exa- exactly. And it's one of the great
0: mysteries that no, no one really knows what's going on when you right. have sleep paralysis.
1: Yeah. It was something we need to investigate. That's a, that's a, topic for another horror movie. I think Uh sleep, yeah, yeah. sleep paralysis. Well, I, I the think movie. they made one recently actually. Oh yeah.
0: really? Yeah. I'm like what? I mean, they used to say that sleep paralysis was when a demon or a devil was sitting on your chest. That was the medieval idea for it. But you know, who knows? But it always happens to me after, my brain's in a stimulated state after I see a horror film or after I have some kind of extreme stimulus. So I feel like there's some sort of connection there that we're opened up to something different.
1: Absolutely. And I know, in addition, we talked about some of the projects you've worked on, My Goodness Succession, which I love that that film. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that series. It's been a brilliant. Uh, Orange that, is the New Black. For me, it's
0: the best show on television right now. And not because I'm, I was part of it, but just even the, se- the scenes that I'm not in, I just, when you watch Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, you know, those guys, they're just so... It's it's a different level of acting. It's a different level of storytelling. And I, I, for me, the worst part about the pandemic was having to wait two years for season three of Succession <laughs> to come out because that's <laughs> how much I care about that show.
1: And with uh, you've obviously we just talked about the Andy Baker tape. Do you have anything else that coming out that people can look forward to? Or are you just mainly is the Andy Baker tape? Yeah, I, I did. I
0: just you know I just shot this fun horror film around L.A. which will be coming out by the end of this year. It's called Bad Connection. By the, from this director Jay Kelgren, and we had a blast. You know, we shot this. It's a pretty self-contained project. It was a 14-day shoot. We shot all over the city, and it's just another really fun roller coaster ride of a film. So when that comes out, everyone look for that. It's Bad Connection. It's just a really exciting project.
1: The, 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 if you have a 14-day shoot like that, that seems like because uh, people always talk about, oh my gosh, it was three months on this movie, or oh my gosh, it took so yeah. all this time. That's I guess it sounds like you're really kind of in that run and gun kind of vein, knock the movie out and be done. It sounds like that's uh, kind of your wheelhouse, I guess.
0: Well, you have to do one takes at some point. And I got used to doing a lot of one, you know, and that really trains you. I came from a theater background. If you mess up in theater, there's no, there's no setting back to one, you know, you're, you're there where you are. And it just really makes sure that you're dialed in on your craft and your skill. I did alpha house, which was this great show. It was Amazon's first scripted show. I did two seasons of that with John Goodman. One of my, you know, it's like right out of drama school. I think I'm 22 or 23. Mm. I have a great scene where it's John Goodman, myself, Michael Strahan, and Kelly Ripa. (sighs) I had one take to do this where I'm walking out on a stage in front of, you know, with John Goodman. We have this big emotional talk out, this big hug. Andrew McCarthy from, you know, The Breakfast. He was the director from The Breakfast. Oh, wow. And we had one take to do it because we were actually shooting on a live soundstage of Michael and Kelly. So, you know, I whatever happens happens and you have to just go with it but when when you're doing projects that have a 14-day window or even even a a month window you really don't have time to go back and do what Warren Beatty does which is do 80 takes of a shot until they can get the right moment you really just have to go through and commit to what you're doing
1: you mentioned the theater background too I'm sure improv kind of helped with those kind of things too because you got to kind of roll with some stuff that's uh you have
0: to just say yes and constantly it's like you cannot shut anything down you have to take in all the stimuli I just dish it back out. So you really, it really just forces you to be present and just connect. And the answers are always five inches in front of your face. They're with your scene partner. So just trust in your scene partner and you, you know, if you fall flat, you're going to fall flat with someone else. And that's actually magic for the scene. You know, there's, there's no wrong way to do something. It's just when we stop ourselves and say, Oh, that was bad. And we take ourselves out. We could be actually cutting off real magic. So I've learned to just go with what's in front of me and, Take the leap of faith.
1: And, again, if you want to check out the Andy Baker tape, uh, I believe you said next week it'll be available broadly. And yes, yes. Th- if they want to check it out from there, uh, they can get it on any streaming platform, basically, any place they would Yeah, yeah, website.
0: we'll be on Apple TV, Google, a lot of those. You know, just Google. I mean, my, I have all the stuff also on, my, on the website for it. It's the theandybakertape.com. My Instagram is Brett Meets World. I post about it constantly. All my friends are so annoyed that I keep posting about it, but you know, it's a small film. I'm a one man marketing team, um, you know. And and the Instagram for the the film is also the Andy Baker tape. And our Twitter is the Andy Baker tape too.
1: And I guess you've got time to do social media since you're now quarantined in Lake Tahoe. It sounds like I will now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be here till
0: tomorrow morning, and then I think you know, I'm just gonna. I have to drive back to L.A. and I'm feeling better than I was yesterday, so I'm thinking maybe I'll stop in sequoia national forest or maybe check out yosemite on the ride home
1: there you go and stop at some food joints along the way maybe you get your i I stopped at
0: this (laughs) diner on the way up called nicely it's in this town Mm -hmm. called lee vining the diner's been there since 1947 oh wow it's right up my alley i got multi-grain blueberry pancakes and a farmer's omelet and it was it that is that's my happy place going to places like that
1: very nice. And we'll put a link if you're listening uh, after the fact, just go down to the bottom of the page in the show notes. We'll have a link to where you can find the Andy Baker tape and you can uh, catch it from there. Brett Latta, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for being on the show and hopefully we can have Jeez. you back on again. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to talking to you. This was a blast. And, uh, Thank and you. Good luck. Thank you. Be well. Good luck. Hope you feel better. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Perfect. my friend. There he goes, Brett Latta. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come back in just a moment. We'll be talking with Cameron Cowperweight about southern gothic and more you're listening to geek to me radio on the big 550 ktrs please stand by hey
2: god Rain, what do you want to do tonight
0: the same thing we do every night pinky listen to geek to me radio and then try to take over the world
1: welcome back to geek to me radio Want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. If you go to the website, BugsComicsAndGames.com, you can get all of your comic book needs right there. If you're local in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, you can drive right out to them on Bryan Road there in O'Fallon. Just out there, he just added some brand new, he just bought another collection. He's always buying. If you've got a comic book collection, you want to uh, maybe sell it. Maybe it's time for you to divest yourself of such things. Larry and Tim are always buying as well. Huge selection of back issues. You can get your new comic books there. And if you're looking for ways to save money, and in this economy, who isn't? A great way to do that is join the Avengers Club. That way you get a percentage off of your weekly books, your supplies, your games, whatever it might be. you are saving some money while still maintaining your hobby, and that's what it's all about. You can also, if you're not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, check out the website. If you want to grab a variant, maybe your local comic book store doesn't have that variant cover that you wanted of the recent issue of Thor. Larry might have it. Th- he throws it up on the website, so check that out as well. Also, give their Facebook page a like, Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Larry and Tim will be very glad that you did. We're very proud to have them as the official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back chatting more with Cameron Cowperwaite, all about his project Southern Gothic and more stuff that he's been in. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by.
2: Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to geek to me Radio.
1: Very, very sad news this week. Obviously, we lost the great Michelle Nichols, uh, Lieutenant O'Hara. I was so grateful I got to meet her the two times I did, and very grateful that she was able to do the show. Uh, we had her on geek to me Radio back in 2018, I believe. Uh, But a huge loss. Just such an amazing human being, and an incredible actor too. Uh, A series of losses we've suffered lately in acting. It's uh, so many people we're we're losing. David Warner the week before. It's just been tragic. But uh, that's you know we have their projects. They live on in all these great shows and film, and that's uh, they're immortalized for those purposes. And we're very glad that we're living in the time which these same people existed. We shall feel very blessed. I uh, want to talk to you about our official sponsor, our premier sponsor, the people who keep us on the air. And that's, of course, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you, like my first guest, Brett Lotter, p- traveling across the country, might want to put St. Charles on your list of places to pop in. Lots of great restaurants, lots of great shops, lots of great places to stay, lots of nightlife, lots of things to do. If you're a history buff, if you're a foodie, it's a great time to go visit St. Charles. And if you're living in the area, maybe you haven't been over there lately. My wife and I were just out walking the dog, decided to go for a walk on Main Street. Two new shops I'd never seen before popped up. And the great thing about this is that this entire area is made up of small businesses. And in this economy especially, it's always so important to support small businesses. So if you are in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, and you've not made the trip over to St. Charles lately, right across the Blanchette Bridge, go check them out. Halloween right around the corner. Of course, their big Legends and Lanterns Festival will be going in full swing. Christmas Traditions, their big festival for that right afterwards. There's never a bad time or bad season to go visit St. Charles. So whether you are outside the greater St. Louis-St. Charles listening area, and you might be catching this on the podcast version, or if you're streaming us online, or if you're watching us on YouTube or anything like that, make St. Charles a place to come visit in 2022. If you haven't visited lately and you're in the greater St. Louis-St. Charles area, go check them out. Find a new restaurant. Have a cocktail, go shopping. It's a great time to visit, and you can start your trip at the website, discoverstcharles.com. Once again, discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. We have on the phone with us, uh, we switched him to the phone, Cameron Copperwaite, talking about the projects you've worked on. I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, you were on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was such a fabulous show. What was your uh, What was your experience like on that set?
2: Uh, Nerve wracking, man. Uh, it, it was it was a blessing to be there. Comedy is is is, in my opinion, way tougher than drama. Uh, there's a commitment that it takes and an energy that it takes where it, it just generates so much of your being. Uh, in terms of, of of needing to be present and there, and there's improv on the set, and you know it's a Tina Fey show, so. <laughs> You know, it's going to be the legend of the legends of the legends who are directing and writing. And Don Scardino, who, who um, was a part of Jesus Christ Superstar on mm. Broadway, was my director. And I was like, oh, wow. what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> but ultimately, you found that you were in blessed hands. And like it was it was a blast. I would absolutely dabble in the comedy world uh, again. Um, I learned a lot. They were it was it was. Total commitment from all the actors, and it was just an amazing experience to be able to to play in that world with those guys.
1: And then switching gears completely from comedy to horror, you were also in the movie Pledge. We actually had Aaron Dallavilla on the show two years ago, I guess, talking about this film. I watched that film, and my goodness, that was a visceral, in parts just hard to watch, but you couldn't turn your eyes away. Talk a little about your experience on Pledge.
2: Pledge was was uh, equally as amazing from the similar standpoint of a Kimmy Schmidt, actually, because there was also a lot of improv. Um, uh, Dan and Zach were 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 both very comedic, even within the horror film. I actually found when I saw it back, I I, it was interesting because at that time I hadn't seen a lot of horror comedies. So when I read the script, I was like, hang on, is this Funny, like I, you know what I mean it yeah. kind of it kind of you go wait wait a minute wait a minute am I am I reading this correctly and then in doing it we had such a blast that I, la- I was laughing all the time I have to shout out Aaron who was just you know brought this Tom Cruise kind of energy to <laughs> the set that was so infectious and, and, and impossible to ignore um, and it was a, it was an amazing uh, testament to this idea that you can be funny in horror when I, when I got to see the film back and it actually, all those jokes that I thought were funny landed. I was, I was blown away at the execution and how it all came together. And I have to say the, 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 the comedic timing of some of the actors on that set was, it was like being on Timmy Schmidt. It was like, you know, I felt the same kind of sort of, what am I doing here, man? <laughs> but it was, it was a blast. It really was.
1: When you think about it, in your career right now, you know you've you've got far to go still. I mean, you've you've uh, you're you're young, you've and you've already worked. When you think about it, Ryan Murphy, you've you know you talked about uh, the directors you worked with on some of these other projects. Where do you go from here? It's like can the bar keeps getting a little higher. Boy, pretty soon, like do you have like a, a summit? Like do you feel? Obviously, like I said, you're still young. Do you feel you're? on your way to are you still like you're still struggling and working how does it feel to be where you are you've worked with so many accomplished people but like i said you're still so young you've got so far to go in the industry still
2: you know it's it's interesting because this business is so up and down and i i I try to remember uh the late great bill paxton who Mm. who was someone that i looked up to as this journeyman actor which i kind of you know, kind of see myself as, I like this, this idea of playing characters and, and, you know, the villains and not so much the, the leading hero and Bill Paxton uh, talked about that very thing, man. He was like, it is so wild that this business can exist in a way where I can work with Tom Cruise, And then the next week be sitting on my couch and my boxers unemployed. <laughs> and, and, and it, I, I think about that all the time. And it, it's something that, that, I remind myself of whenever I'm feeling like whoa man this is rocky this freelance work this independent contracting you know uh uh where do we where do we go what's next how do I get the next job and I I think you know we're all all the actors we're one step away from absolute greatness you know and I think that that kind of hope it keeps the addiction of this craziness alive, honestly. And and I've been blessed to work with some amazing people. And I'm just hoping that more amazing people that I haven't had the chance to work to work with end up, you know, seeing something, or or or, or I get the chance to work with them.
1: And there's always that need. I feel. Um, I say always that need some people have talked about that, that you always have to kind of be reinventing yourself and you're competing against yourself and everything. What uh, what would be something you're feeling right now in your career that is something that you would like to overcome personally as an actor? Like, is there something that you feel uh, something you personally need to work on? Something you've identified in yourself that uh, that you've noticed and you're kind of working on currently?
2: Um, you know, I think I think I'm always trying to just up up my game i think i'm trying to to w- work from a place where i can surprise myself whether it's a body transformation or uh, you know uh um, an accent or a dialogue or a dialect or something of that nature i think that something i'm working on is trying to find ways of, of and trying to find projects where i can really become unrecognizable I think it's 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 been a goal of mine to to surprise uh, people in that way. I, I was working on a project and I my dad uh saw it and I'll never forget, I still think it's the best compliment I've ever received. Uh to date. My dad was like, I I was watching it and I forgot that was my son and wow. I thought as crazy as that sounds, I, I I I put that kind of compliment in my back pocket and walk down Hollywood Boulevard with it every day, <laughs> you know, um, hoping that I can achieve that same thing again.
1: No, I I totally agree. That's one of those things. There, uh, some of my favorite actors are people. I'll think about a movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was Jeffrey Rush in that movie. I, he did not look anything like a previous role I've seen I Jeffrey Rush in.
2: I am the, the those are the things that make my you know make my hair stand up on my arms and give me the goosebumps is like is, is is moments of going holy crap that was so-and-so that, that i'm with you
1: yeah and again uh you can check out cameron in southern gothic uh that'll be out i think you said the beginning of next year is what it's slated for right now yeah and what else are you working on uh that people can catch you in now obviously we talked about american horror stories is coming up next month you said is your uh, episode in that what else can people watch for you in
2: Uh, I got, well, the the thing I'm working on now, I believe, comes out in the fall of next year that I can't really quite say. And then I have another thing that comes out in in the fall of this year that I can't quite say. It's it's weird how these things live in such secrecy because I want to, I just want to spill the beans. You know, I want to pull as much Marvel spoilers as possible, but (laughs) I, I can't, you know.
1: No, you got to respect the NDA. I completely I completely get that. So if people want to keep up with yeah. you online, uh, social media handles, websites, things like that where people can look for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. my Instagram is uh, just at my name, Cameron Copperthwaite. Um, there's only probably one Cameron Copperthwaite I think, in the <laughs> acting world. So just keep typing those those the long last name and I'll pop up.
1: Perfect. Now, are you, are you very active on social media or kind of social media, something you feel is a necessary evil, but you have to do it for your job?
2: Necessary evil. Yeah, absolutely necessary evil. My 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 PR people and I have <laughs> friends who are good at it that I'm just like I'm just not good at it. You know, I, I Denzel <laughs> Washington. He was asked about social media. He uh, he he responded with, "If you have too much water, you're going to drown." And there's this level of secrecy and anonymity that yeah. that actors lived in that was so intoxicating and it's why you went to the theater because you're like oh my god what are these people up to what do they look like now and 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 part of me kind of loves that old hollywood nature but you know it's not the game so right. I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up as, <laughs> as much as i can
1: i understand uh this has been great i wish we had more time to talk about but the show is coming to its end very quickly here uh hopefully we can maybe have you back on to talk about one of those unnamed projects down the road
2: yeah, I, I would love to come back uh, in the fall and talk about it.
1: Let's do that then for sure. Uh, Cameron Copperwaite, thank you so much for your time on a Sunday night. Thanks for being on the air with us.
2: Okay, thank you so much, James. You have a great one.
1: You too. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Cameron Copperwaite. will make sure to keep up with those projects, Southern Gothic and his unnamed projects as well that wraps it up very quickly Uh, we have a text message came through from the 314 area code correctly identified John Glover as the voice of the Riddler so I will be calling you back here shortly after the show to uh, get your address so we can send you that prize thank you as always to Joey V in the studio with me helping me keep this show afloat six years I've been doing this we just celebrated our sixth year anniversary on Saturday so thank you all who have watched and who have listened over the past six years thank you it really does mean a lot to me thank you so much for supporting us Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek to Me Radio. And you're subscribed to the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Geek to Me Radio, YouTube.com slash Geek to Me Radio. Subscribe there if you would, please. It'd mean a lot to me for that as well. Uh, thank you to all my sponsors, City of St. Charles, Marcus Theaters, and Bugs Comics and Games. And thank you, both my guests, Brett Lotta and Cameron Copperwith. Until next week, my friends.
0: That's a song!
1: Thank you, St. Louis, good night!
0: Hey, kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon?
1: Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play?
0: Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us.
1: bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me